Welcome to Heartland Church. It is our prayer that as you listen to the following message, you would experience the heart of God for your life. For more information about our ministry and available resources, visit us on the web at heartlandchurchonline.com. Now, let's join this week's service already in progress. Thank you, Pastor Dave, for that, for those kind uh, words. For you have a wonderful history of, of of me coming here from the first time to you know, the years that followed. Each time it's special. Each time that I'm here, I know uh, this is one of the places I feel there's just a freedom to release the word of the Lord. Um, Yeah, it was in 2009 when I first came here. uh, My spiritual father couldn't make it because he just had an operation that time uh, for a tumor in his abdomen. And he had me come here, my first experience of snow. (laughs) That was a shocking experience to me. But I couldn't forget that, that, that time. I was up in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., and the word of the Lord came to me from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. I was on my knees writing the message for the Sunday. And I released that message about Elijah and Elisha, about the, the, the culture of heaven, a family, you know, father and a son, but that... The last two verses of the scripture of the Old Testament points to something must be restored. I'll send, in the last days, I will send the spirit of Elijah, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to to the children and the children to their fathers, lest I'll strike the land with a curse. And I I couldn't forget when I released that word in this, this place, this house, I felt there's just so much so much uh, grace, the season has come. And year after year, whenever I'm, I'm here, it's like there's a special word that God is stirring in my heart, and I would release that. And that would be a word not just for, for here, but it becomes a word that I'll be releasing in, in a season. Last year, I shared on Isaiah chapter 6, right? In the year of King Uzziah, uh, uh, Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord. Um, Last June, I was here last April, June, I was in Pemba, Mozambique. Uh, It was my second time to to be there. I ministered at, I spoke at the men's conference. Um, That time, the number of men who came doubled. There was just a momentum and what God is doing among men. And it was an amazing, amazing time to see men being transformed by the revelation of who, who they are in the Lord and their identity. So the, the, the conference was Thursday to Saturday. Sunday I was ready to receive, and Heidi was there, so I, I looked for a, a, a place just to be alone. I was ready to to just receive that 
release of impartation from Heidi. And as I was worshiping, somebody uh, tapped my shoulder and, and, and said, Heidi is looking for you. So I went to Heidi, and she said, Paul, I, I prepared for this, this Sunday. I have a message. But during the worship time, the Lord told me that you, you have a word for Iris. How do you respond to that? <laughs> At first, I thought it was like, you know, release a prophetic word. And I said, yeah, I could, yeah, I could release a word. And she said, you don't understand. <laughs> and then she explained, you will be preaching this morning. I don't, we don't usually do this. We don't, I don't give the pulpit to anyone. But there's a stirring in my heart that you carry a word for Iris. And I remembered Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. I, I, I preach it here. So I released that word. I, I've, I've got two translators, you know, which it, for me worked well. Yes, I could pause. I could think my next... Statement. You know, this, this, is, this is Iris-centered. Heidi is there, and the rest of the Iris leaders from all over the world came because that week was their family gathering. There were around 3,000 people around. Talking about pressure <laughs> or being set up. <laughs> So I, I preached and I, I spoke, I said six. And God was all over the place. And so as I ended, I released just a word of prayer. And the fire of God came all over the place. I gave the microphone to Heidi. As if, uh, as I, you know, kind of saying, Heidi, it's yours. <laughs> and she said, no, no, don't leave. She calls for all the leaders of Iris to come to the, to the front. And she said, let, the, let Paul release the fire over this place. I believe there were things spoken here as a launching pad for a revelation that will take like years to see the fullness of it. See the momentum. The whole place was wrecked. I was wrecked too. Like I was shocked. What happened there? I was ready to receive. I was set up. <laughs> Later in the afternoon, uh, there was a, uh, a wedding. And so we, we joined the wedding. And we watched the whole celebration. The... The intercessor of Heidi came to me, and she said, Pastor Paul, you wouldn't believe this, but Tuesday we had a meeting with Heidi, and I got a word, and she showed me what she wrote, what was written there. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And all the things I highlighted in that message, it was, it was like I read 
her notes or the other way around, <laughs> whatever. I knew God was all over that message. To me, Isaiah 6 was not just a message that I, I preach. It's, it's a, first, it came to me very personal, very personal. Many times we, we miss what God is doing because we still are looking for our Uzziahs, the, what could have been instead of what, is, what God is doing now and what he is about to do. A while ago, Pastor Dave prayed for me and just released a very personal word to me. And I, I was reminded of Bethel. He mentioned of, of Bethel, that my, my place of soaking has been a Bethel where angels are descending, ascending and descending. And that has been my, my lifestyle. Before I, I preach, before I speak in a conference or a setting like this, small gathering or big, I make sure my heart is in the right place. The best place for me is to soak. Now I want to just uh, build on that. The word Bethel, we know it's open heaven. It's the gates of heaven and the house of God. I mean, it's two-sided thing. The gates of heaven out there, up there in the realm of heaven, and the house of God here on this side. On this side, when our hearts are in the right alignment with God, we host the presence of God. We become the house of God. And on that side, the realm of heaven, heaven opens up. That's, that's, that's the potential of Bethel or Bethel. But I want to uh, just highlight the point that when Jacob was running, I won't be preaching about Jacob. This is just you know, a freebie. <laughs> I was reminded of Bethel. And when he was running in the wilderness, he was running, and he came to this place, and he settled there, and he was tired, he was full of fear, he was running away from his brother who wanted to kill him, because he stole the blessing, he stole the birthright from Esau. You know that story. Don't you know that word, and he came to that place? That word in Hebrew is... Similar to, he landed on that place. That place was waiting for him. I think that's a good point there. <laughs> there are spiritual places waiting for you to land. It's already there, but perhaps our hearts are not there yet. Or, or we're busy running, or we're... We're busy doing our own thing. It was, it, the heaven opened up not when, when Jacob was running. The heaven opened up when he rested. There are places in the kingdom, in the history of God. It could be geographical places or it could be spiritual places or access points for inheritance available in the kingdom of God. Now, when our hearts finally lands like a plane lands in that, in that you know, landing strip, 
you're sure you will, you will be loaded. You will, you will receive something from heaven. I pray that this place will always be a Bethel. That people with assignments, with calling in their lives will find this place as a Bethel. That they would land and then they will be refueled, refreshed, find a vision and then launch again. I pray that this would be Bethel in which the heavenly resources will be released. It could be by prophetic words, encounters. It could be finding their identities and encounter face-to-face with God that people will be changed. Some of you, some of the ones who are coming here will be here for, for a period of time, but they, they just need to be uh, to be revived and refreshed, and then they go into their own callings. But some of you, you are here to be part of this movement, to be invested in this movement, in this family. And I'm here to continually pour into this culture, because I know, uh, as my, my spiritual dad, Leif Hetman, spoke this morning over the phone, he said, 10 years ago, uh, it was exactly this week, he said, when the presence of God was, was all over the place and you had, you had meetings after meetings and the glory of God was all over the place, right? Well, Pastor Dave, you mentioned that. And he said that time the fire fell, but God is waiting for something. It's not just the fire starter or starting fire is waiting for fireplaces, and, my, and Leif told me that I feel like in the spirit, Heartland now has fireplaces where the fire of God will fall and they could steward it. Hallelujah. You could steward it. And what's amazing, what we steward, it will be not just entrusted to us, it will be multiplied. We will have authority in places or things in the kingdom that we could steward. So I say that again. You're no longer just a place for fire to fall or fire starter. But you're a place in which there are fire places, safe places, homes, leaders who could carry this fire and bring it to different contexts and nations. It's amazing. It's, it's an, an exciting season in the Lord. Come on. Yes. Get ready. <laughs> yeah, last year has been a crazy, over-the-top, overwhelming season for me. Every ma- month, I was traveling in, in different nations. It's just, just way beyond I could ever ask or imagine. November, I was in Norway, winter time. It's worse than your winter. It's up there. And I, it just blew my mind, uh, the... The grace, the, the favor of God. I spoke to places 
where there's majority Lutherans and traditional Lutherans. You know, at least one, one, in one place, the priest in one community, a Lutheran priest was there. He's 72 years old. He listened to my message and he was writing, taking down notes like, like um, you know, a, a college student or maybe a high school student. College don't take notes. <laughs> <laughs> and he was taking notes. The following day he showed me his notes. He said, Paul, I will share this to my people. But first, let these words transform me. And he got so wrecked. The last, the last session, I, I shared about the, the fire of God. The fire of God fell on him. He got wrecked. That 72 years old could, could barely stand. He embraced me, and he was crying. He said, you're, you're my friend, Paul. You're my friend. And this has been uh, one of the highlights in, in 2017 for me. There were several individuals just in 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 a moment of encounter in the presence of God, it felt to me God unites my heart to them, and they call me friend. Like, wow, I have friends all over the world. <laughs> and these are true friends. True friends. And this one is one of the top five Lutheran leaders in Norway. Top five voices. Respected. And he said, this message transformed me. I will never forget this. But let this message first transform me. Then I will share it to my people. There's always a trembling in my heart to, you know, to, to see the, the impact of God's word. And I, I tell you, it's not just preaching. It's, it's the word of God. It's what he is speaking in that season. Recently, I, I came across this, um, the life of Hezekiah, which I will be sharing tonight. And if I won't be able to finish it, maybe tomorrow I'll continue it. That's just, you know, that's the part to tomorrow. If not, if I'll be able to finish it, let's move to another topic tomorrow. Let's just flow. Amen. Hezekiah, I heard Bill Johnson talk about Hezekiah in a short message at the Kingdom Invasion Conference in, in Singapore. He wasn't able to unpack all of it, but it came like a powerful word to me, so personal. I pick it up and I started digging into the scripture. I've, I've done my, I, I have a personal message on, on Hezekiah way back during our revival time, time in, uh, in my college days. And so I started reading into Hezekiah, and I, I see that Hezekiah is one of the greatest revivalists or reformer among the kings of Judah during the time when Judah and Israel was divided. Very few kings led the nation into righteousness. One of those kings was Hezekiah. And I pray that uh, this afternoon 
we will be awakened into how powerful passion is, pure passion of our hearts. Our hearts could be magnets in the eyes of God. God is looking, his eyes are looking to and from. He's looking all over the earth, looking for the hearts that are totally his, so he can demonstrate himself. He can, he can act and he can demonstrate his power on behalf of those whose heart are completely his. You heard me speaking in several times that all kingdom matters are matters of the heart. That's why the scripture says, guard your hearts with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. The word issues there are not about problems of life or you have issues, you know. It's not that. If you read it in Hebrew, it says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the expansion, the influence, or the stagnation. So the the life that you carry, the glory that you carry that is uniquely from God to you or through you, the extent of the expression of that power and glory, the expression of the nature of God, of the the authority of God through you depends on the state of your heart, where you posture your heart. Maybe that's the reason, and I believe that's the reason Jesus started. The first parable he mentioned was the parable of the sower and the seed. Are you with me? And we know uh, the parables are there spoken by Jesus to unpack and unlock Kingdom secrets, it is too simple to be ignored by the religious. It's like, ah, there's nothing there. But in that nature of its simplicity is the mystery of the kingdom. And so the hungry ones are the ones pulling from these parables and saying, there's, there, mu- there must be something here. To the ones who would treat it as an intellectual argument, you'll miss it. But to the ones who are hungry enough, they posture their hearts. All kingdom matters are matters of the heart. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it will flow the expansion, the influence, or the stagnation of your life. How much of influence do you desire? It's a heart thing. Amen. <laughs> That's why we are being invited to, to dream. God, the scripture is so clear. For God is able to do exceedingly abundantly, far beyond we can ever ask or imagine. According to the working of his power within us. We limit the power when we don't give room. And how do we give room? It is in humility, in surrender, in, in trembling before his word, in, in yielding to the pleasure of God. In intimacy, we make room for more of him. Who wants to see more signs and wonders and miracles? We don't achieve it. We, don't, we can't achieve it. We just step into it according to the level of our hunger. Uh, we don't achieve signs and wonders. We receive it. 
We step into that realm like child, like children. When your heart loses wonder, what could be supernatural becomes ordinary. Time will come, that very thing will be lost. And we see this as patterns of revival. Going back to Hezekiah, and we'll be reading from 2 Kings chapter 18. I'll read, we'll read a few verses, and I'll just share different facets of the life and the leadership of Hezekiah. Let's start 2 Kings chapter, chapter 18. Now it came about in the third year of Hosea, the son of Ella, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, became king. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abi, uh, the daughter of Zechariah. He did right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. Take note of that. He did right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. He removed the high places and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah. He also broke it in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the sons of Israel burned incense to it, and it was called Nehushtan. Remember that, that bronze serpent, you know, in, in the days of Moses, that uh, when, when those who had, had been beaten by a viper, when they look at that snake, bronze snake, they will be healed, Right? You know that story. Sad to say, <laughs> a lot of people still worship that thing instead of God. Okay. He's, verse 5, he trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that after him there was none like him. Like him and among, among all the kings of Judah, nor among those who were before him. For he clung to the Lord, he did not depart from following him, but he kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. Verse 7, and the Lord was with him wherever he went. He prospered, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria and did not serve him. So, just to give you a context, Hezekiah was the son of Asa. Asa was one of the most wicked kings of Judah. Practically, he distorted the worship patterns in the temple of God. He rearranged the, the altar and the, the brazen altar and those things. He desecrated the temple. He, he closed one portion of the temple, the, the porch of uh, Sabbath, Sabbath. This guy started following the king of Assyria. I'm talking about Asa. And he made his sons pass through the fire, meaning that ritual uh, ceremony of offering his son to Baal. 
I mean, they, they started worshiping the gods of the nations. Israel was worse, but Asa followed the steps of the kings of Israel. And so, in the context of Hezekiah, he grew up practically without, with zero momentum for a breakthrough, if I may say that, right? His father never discipled him or fathered him in the ways of the Lord. How, how, could, how could you start a movement from zero? How could, how could you start something that is born of heaven in the most difficult situation, the most difficult context? The whole nation is backslidden. Your dad was offering things and crazy things to the gods of the nation. And not only that, he partnered with Assyria. He became like, you know, uh, a slave to the Assyrian king. But here in the story, in the, in the scripture, we see that Hezekiah got his inspiration, not from his father. He went back hundreds of years, went back to David. I believe it is like Bethel. Don't you know that place that waited for, ja uh, for, yes, for Jacob, for Israel? That place, Bethel, was actually the first altar that Abraham built. And he called upon the name of the Lord. There are things fought for. And the fathers bled and scarred and fought for this battle. And they gained momentum. They have opened up things in the kingdom. It's available for the next generation to take. To, to inherit and to access as inheritance. And how do we do that? It's a hard thing. When the heart of Jacob, maybe in the, the arena of rest, finally rested, that's when heaven opened up because that place had been waiting for him. Now, Hezekiah, in the same way, he's got no, no zero momentum that he could access from his father. He went back Father, his hunger for the things of God brought him to David. There is something about David because David became, his history with God became a plumb line for the rest of the kings of Israel. What if your history with God could be an inspiration, a memorial, if you may, for God to remember what you did? I'm looking for that heart. I'm looking for that sacrifice. I'm looking for that kind of worship. I'm looking for that kind of radical, childlike obedience. Whenever I see that, I'll release heaven. Whatever is the circumstance, impossible circumstance in the days of Hezekiah. Maybe you will say, well, I'm not like Hezekiah. I'm not a king. But it could be your context. It could be your children. It could, they are not walking with the Lord. They're, they walk out of their calling or they're in a worse situation. Or it could be your city. It could be a nation you're praying for. 
whatever is that, we could be a Hezekiah in this time. How do we access heaven? Look for places in history in which there were fathers who fought and accessed that open heaven with their obedience and hunger like David. Hezekiah lined up his heart with, with David and he, he gave his heart to reading his, the history of David, the, the encounters of David, the Psalms of David. Don't you know he even used the instrument of David? David's instrument that David created. I mean, these are, these are the instruments exposed in the glory of God. Now, Hezekiah, in honor first to God and in honor to David, allied his heart. What happens? What is of heaven came down to him. Such that it was written, there was none like Hezekiah since the day of David, it's not like him. Why? Because uh, unlike, unlike uh, Solomon, Solomon became a king in the most perfect setting, right? David fought for it. Everything was prepared. This guy, he started from zero. Levites were, can't be found. They, they were backslidden. Nobody was serving the Lord. Nobody worshiping. Asa closed the door of the temple. It was practically whole nation backslid. But here comes Hezekiah. Based on history, his heart captured the passion in the heart of David. He followed that. I pray that there will be, this will be a season for, for, for us to be Hezekiahs of our time, that the needed revival, the needed breakthrough could happen in our time. It's just a matter of heart posture. He postured his heart, 25 years old. In Second Chronicles chapter 29, it says, the first year, in the first year, the first month of his rule uh, as a king, he opened up the temple. Now you see the priority in the heart of Hezekiah. It's all about the presence of God. What is David all about? It's all about the presence of God. He made that as the first thing in his first order of his rule, rule as a king. Let's open up the kingdom. Let's open up the house of God. And he calls for the Levites. They, they, they cleanse themselves ritually. And the scripture says, and they went into the holy place and brought out the dirt, all the, the things. The, you know, it was laid waste. No, no, more, no more worship there. So maybe it's a collection of dust and, I don't know, decaying things. But I believe in the same way it talks about us as, as temple. We need to see revival we have to bring out things that are inside there that we try to keep that should not be there any longer. Amen. Let's stop operating like a, a, a priestly 
class, but in, in a religious way. Yes, we worship. Yes, yes, we praise God. But it's not a priestly in, in, by heart, by, by standing before the presence of the Lord. So Hezekiah summoned all the Levites and their relatives. It's amazing. He did it, the word of the Lord says, and it came suddenly. Wow. It was like a wildfire all over. And it was not just for Judah. The rest of, of the, the tribe started to hear it. They started celebrating Passover. And from his, his treasuries, his, uh, the, the, the number of animals he owned and livestock, he, they started offering, celebrating to the Lord uh, the, the feasts. And at one point it was said, and there was none like that moment since the days of Solomon. Wow. They offered thousands of cattle, thousands of goats and sheep. There was just sheer, sheer extravagance. When our hearts are in the right place, there's no fear to give it all. When our hearts are in the right place, people will start to align with our hearts. The Levites, the leaders, the elders started aligning their hearts with the heart of Hezekiah. And they, he stood up against the king of Assyria. Assyria at that time was the strongest nation. It's sweeping all across nations. Even uh, Israel that time as a nation became invaded by, by Assyria. But Hezekiah stood against Assyria. The fourth year of his ruler, ru rulership. What's up with that? I believe there's something to heart posture and the favor of God. There's something to where your heart is postured and God's protection to you. There's something about when you posture your heart to the Lord in worship, in humility, in giving it, it all. There's something about you, your voice. And it's not just about power or preaching, not just a position of power. But when you speak, something of heaven is released in, in the people's heart and they are awakened into their destiny. I believe this is a season God is calling Hezekiah's. In the most impossible situation, rise up, Hezekiah. You might say you have not been fathered, but there is a father up there in the heavens. Are you with me? Yes. Now, but, uh, nevertheless, you, could, you, could, you couldn't say that any longer because you are part of this house. You are being fathered in the, this family atmosphere. So it's time for us to rise up in the passion like Hezekiah. What used to be impossible, what used to be, you know, a, a, a very risky position to take. It could be killed any time, but Hezekiah risked it all. He destroyed everything that his father built. All the sharers, all the, the worship, uh, the high places. And he gave, he opened up the temple. The Passover was, was celebrated again. And there was abundance in the land. The presence of God was in the place. 
whenever Hezekiah prays, and there's a, a, a portion of the scripture in, in Second Chronicles, not in Second Kings, it said, when the Levites prayed, their prayers ascended to heaven and God heard them. Wow. Woo. That's open heaven there. What if we have this kind of heart and the intercessions, the prophetic declaration goes straight to heavens and we don't even have to fight a warfare there. Because our hearts are like Hezekiah's. We aligned our hearts to that of David. And David, if we, if we look at the scripture, he was not perfect. He did at least two major blunders. <laughs> I mean, the guy killed somebody, right? Committed adultery. That was his major sin, one. The second one was when he counted did a statistics or a survey of his people, which is pride out there, how strong he is. You know, 70,000 died just because of that. Just imagine if that happens in our time. Practically the whole church is gone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Praise God, we're a new covenant church. But just imagine the, the sorrow and the pain, the realization, the horror for David. But David, even in the midst of his, his brokenness and his sin, when he fell to Bathsheba, he wrote Psalm 51 and he said, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your tender kindness. Blot out my transgression. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Renew a right spirit within me. And then he, he wrote there, For the sacrifice of the Lord, our broken and a contrite heart. And he said, In a broken and a contrite heart, O Lord, you will never despise. Wow. One of the greatest revelations that David got was that brokenness, and it was when he fell to sin. I mean, that's, that's David. He was still revelating in the midst of his brokenness. Wow. And so Hezekiah maybe learned from the ways of David, the heart of David. The second major failure of David, God realigned his heart when he counted, he did that survey and People died. We know that he built an altar. And the scripture says, when he built that altar, a fire from heaven fell. A fire came down. There's just something about the heart of David. God cannot deny. And so Hezekiah 
partook of those testimonies. The revelation, the Psalms of David, the songs of David, the history of David. In the most impossible situation, he stood up with so much courage in his heart. It can be done. I can't wait for another season. This is the season. This is the time to restore the honor, the glory of God. To restore worship like in the days of David. And he did it. Because God was with him. Uh, the name of Hezekiah is similar to Uzziah. His name means the strength of God. Uzziah means the strength of Yahweh, which is just the same, right? And as long as Hezekiah lived according to his identity, carrying that God-given identity, he prospers in everything that he did. Even nations, they fear him. He stood against Assyria. No one could invade Judah at that time. Wow. There's just a supernatural covering or canopy all over Judah at that time. Yes, one man pulled from history. But it also gives us an idea, an insight that the history of David continues to prophesy or continues to be an open door for the, the descendants in the future. What if this is also true to us? Now we could access not just the history of David, not just the history of Moses, but the history of Paul, the history of Peter, the history of Charles Finney, John Wesley, the history of the revivalist of old, the history of the revivalist of, of this, the recent years. Are you with me? It's a hard thing. It's available there. It's like Bethel waiting for Jacob's to land. Some people will still wait for, oh, we're waiting for a revival. What if it's no longer waiting for it? It's stepping into it. What if it's about accessing what's available? What if it's about living from a different, totally different realm, no matter what, how dark the circumstances? You keep on prophesying, declaring, revival is here. The favor of God is upon me. Amen. Is this good? Hezekiah. There was a time another king of Assyria came and that king, his name is Sennacherib. And the guy was really bad. <laughs> this time around, he invaded Judah. <laughs> and the Bible says, when Hezekiah heard it, that he, he sent, Sennacherib sent a spokesperson who, who mocked the name of God, mocked Judah, Mark Israel. And he, com he compared, that spokesperson compared Israel to the rest of the nations and compared God to 
the rest of the gods of the nation. They said, your God cannot save you. When Hezekiah heard it, the scripture says, and he cried out to the Lord bitterly. He, he you know, ripped his clothes and cried out to the Lord. Amazing. In just few, I don't know, not, maybe not seconds, but few, maybe days, God answered him right away with a word. And the answer of God was this, I won't let Assyria invade Judah, for I will protect Judah, I will protect Jerusalem for the sake of David. Wow! Hezekiah prayed, access the favor of David. What if the prayers of the saints are still powerful and active, crying out, the revival is still there, the prayers, we just have to align our hearts in passion, and God sees that heart and remembers the prayer. For the sake of David, I will protect this nation. And I tell you, 185,000 died in the camps of Assyria because the angel of the Lord came and swept the camp. (laughs) Because one guy prayed. Come on! Where are the prayers of Hezekiah? One guy prayed. And in his prayer, he mentioned, Oh, remember David. Remember your goodness and kindness to David. Remember the prophetic words spoken to this place, not just to this church, but to this region, to this this nation. Remember the promises. Instead of, oh, you know, things are getting worse, and we're just reading what's happening around us. We're not prophesying the will of God. In the year that King Uzziah saw the Lord high and lifted up, God had to take away the old season for us to see that he's high and lifted up. Amen. The train of his robe fills the temple. And the angel shouted, holy, holy, the whole earth is full of his glory. As for God, he's filling the earth with his glory. As for us, we're still questioning whether God is filling it or not. But those who will align their hearts like David and Hezekiah, something happens in that place of alignment. What is in the heart of God is released in a generation. A nation was transformed. The Levites once again step into their calling. The the songs of David. Oh, Hezekiah instituted the the worship in the days of of David. They started singing the songs of David. And he he even used the the instruments that David created. The instruments that were were exposed in the glory. I believe it's, it's it's a prophetic picture of a heart that honors the history of David with God. It's, it's not a, something magical about the instrument. No, no. It's an honored thing. 
God is looking for Hezekiah. And our, if you're a pastor or a leader, you're positioned to pray prayers like Hezekiah. So don't just pray for a good service. Pray for a revolution. Pray for an invasion. And contend for that. Rally the people. Hezekiah wrote letters. Gave it to the different tribes of Israel. And they were awakened into who they are as a people of God. They were awakened into their destiny. Because he prayed. Because he pressed in. I believe... There's a, there's a season to press in. I, I like soaking, you know, by the way. That's my main thing. If there's default, that's my default. But I, when I look at the scripture, you know, there's seasons. Even warfare. If you look, read Ephesians, there are different facets of how we do warfare. Sometimes we're seated in the heavenlies, continue to sit but there are times we walk, there are times we stand. Are you with me? It's a season. There are seasons you sit, there are seasons you walk, there are seasons you stand. When you do it according to the season, you're given an authority to speak to your mountains, it will be removed. So here comes in the season, in a context of Hezekiah, he pressed in. For something that is available, he sees that it could, it could be done in his time. He grab a hold of history. He grab a hold. That history of David still so alive in the presence of God. Speaking. It's like a de- declaration in the presence of God. You have promised. You have, you have spoken blessing. You have, you have covenant. In fact, in 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 10, it says... I have covenanted, Hezekiah said, I have covenanted to God that my heart, you know, my heart will pursue him. My heart. All kingdom matters are matters of the? Your leadership, your influence, the anointing that you will carry, things that will be entrusted to you, it's according to the measure of the heart that you carry, where your heart is postured. And so Hezekiah said, I have covenanted my heart to the Lord. Where is your heart? If your heart is just after the blessings for, for personal sake, I tell you, it's time to expand your desire. There's more. It's time to dream. It's time to challenge your heart and say there, is, there must be more. We have received prophetic words for the past seven years about Indonesia. And I'm, I've been waiting for, for that to happen. But last November, my spiritual dad, Leif, brought me invited me to, to join him in Jakarta. And he was doing a, a conference with Danny Silk that time. And 
you know, it's amazing to, to watch what God is doing in Indonesia. They've got really big churches there. The lead screen, it's like double this size. <laughs> Danny Silk was laughing because he could see his face so, so huge. I couldn't believe. He said, my face could, uh, could be that big. <laughs> and the pastor of that church where the conference was held, it's amazing. The guy owns 10 corporations. And he's pastoring a church. He's got his own helicopter. So if he's trapped in the traffic, <laughs> if it's bad traffic in, in Jakarta, he just takes the helicopter. <laughs> just beside the, the church, you can see the golf course. They own it. Wow. They're buying malls and con convert the, the top floor for churches. God is doing something unique in Indonesia. The, the, the business people in Indonesia, they're not just doing business and then that's it. No, they are so much involved in, in kingdom business, in kingdom things. People who picked me up, me and my wife, picked me up last February to speak in a church. And they, the guy started talking about uh, his, his uh, business. And I heard from him, he owns three businesses. And he's the one driving and carrying my, <laughs> my bag. And, no, no, you don't. No, sir, I, I have to carry this. And he told me, oh, I just came from a prayer meeting yesterday with 100,000 people. I mean, prayer meeting? 100,000. Fire is burning in Indonesia. So last November I was there and my spiritual father asked me to, to share my story of the impartation, the father's love. And as I share it to 3,000 people, presence of God came in the room. Indonesians were weeping, leaders. It's just amazing sight to see. I was, I was like, wow, this is, this is so good. <laughs> I landed <laughs> in that place. <laughs> you know, you have prophetic words waiting for you yeah. to land. The thing is, we're still waiting here on this side. I landed on that prophetic word. So that, that was powerful morning, that's morning session. In the afternoon, he, like, my spiritual dad has done this, this thing, you know, setting me up without me knowing ahead of time. Just before he spoke for the afternoon session, he leaned to me and he said, by the way, you will be preaching <laughs> like a good father would do. <laughs> I just, so I, I stood up 
shared Luke 15, the Father's love. Fire of God came in the room. Even, even Danny Silk was crying. And he said, Paul, this is your fault. <laughs> I'm sharing this not to impress you. I'm sharing this, how important it is to land in that place where the promises of the Lord has been spoken to you. And I didn't do it from a place of striving. I, I did it from a place of resting. And that time, we ministered to the people. And waves of the Father's love came. And I'm just, I was just stunned. As I pray for people, deliverance was happening all over. Just touching them. No screaming, no shouting. But people are getting delivered just, just there. There's so much authority that flows through a heart that is totally postured to him. You don't have to know everything. You just have to lean to the Father. Hezekiah didn't have the right foundations, so to speak, to set him up for success. But his hunger brought him back to David. And he captured the history of David and he took it as his own. <laughs> he accessed what was in history and it became a reality to him. And we know the heart of David even pulled what is in heaven, you know, what is in the future to the present. Well, I shared about Indonesia. This last February, we celebrated the 21st anniversary and at that time, I didn't have extra funds for, to go outside the Philippines to celebrate. But I just said in my heart, God, I want to go to Indonesia. I want to step into the calling. I can't wait for the prophetic promise. I saw I, a taste in November, how it exploded. I want to step to it. So I, we didn't have enough money for that trip. I was in Bangkok. I ministered with Mel Tari in one conference in Bangkok. And out of nowhere, I never told Mel Tari about a prophetic word in my life about Indonesia. But Mel heard, heard me preach. The presence of God came. Afterwards, he waited for me and he prophesied, Paul, God is calling you to the Muslim nations. God is calling you to Indonesia. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm just being marked here. So I told my wife afterwards, book, book a hotel in Indonesia. Let's book our flight. Let's go to Indonesia, which we did. The moment we said that, invitations, open doors started to open. I mean, it's crazy. I can't go into details of things, but we were set up to, to meet with high officials, high-ranking officials in the government. I mean, there was, there was a point in which I, I was kind of pinching myself. Is this really happening? Like, <laughs> yes, it is. Just me and my wife and this person, high, there, high up there in the government. And she shared things that no one knows about What's going to happen in the future? 
and she said, I'm saying this to you because there's just something about you. You can be entrusted with this. I want to shift gear into the next side of the story of Hezekiah, but I, I just want, want us to dig deeper into this. Pure passion, a childlike pursuit, a heart that is in posture, posture to God, believing who he is and his promises, risking it all. That heart will be entrusted with the things that maybe the previous generation was not able to steward, but that previous generation or generation did not receive. It was available in their time, but they were not able to receive. It could be given to you. It could be released to your time. I pray that this is going to be an inspiration to all of us that your prayers unlocks the greatest release of, of God's favor or God's move in a nation. Like Hezekiah, when he prayed, he cried out to the Lord, God heard, and he spoke about the future of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. I tell you, the guy eventually just died. He was killed by his own son. He wasn't able to conquer Judah and nations. You know, practically he, fear came in to his heart. And I, finally, he just went home. If, if our hearts are in the right place, our prayers were, will burn in the presence of God. As the scripture says, and the prayers of the Levites went into the dwelling place of God and he heard them. This is the season. Amen. Woo. It's exciting. Nations are being changed with the posture of your heart. Nations can be changed according to the hunger and the pursuit of your heart. I couldn't believe I'm just overwhelmed by the favor of God in the nation of Indonesia. Uh, we were there last February. Next month, my wife and I will go there again. There's, there's, there's another network of churches. They, they are hungry for what we carry. The pastors were just transformed hearing the story from an Asian. It's not just a revelation from somebody out there. But they see an Asian. I look like Indonesian, by the way. You're born for such a time as this. Don't wish for another time to see a revival or a breakthrough. 
this is your time. Capture the, capture the heart of God. Go back to the roots. Go back to pure passion. Let our fires burn, let our prayers burn with fires again. Fire from the heart of God. Amen. I'll end with, with this story. Last uh, June in Pemba, after the first day, you could see the breakthrough happening among men. And, they, you know, praise and worship in Africa, it could go for as long as <laughs> eternity or... <laughs> Men dancing like they, they've got the moves. They were dancing, clapping their hands. Wow. In a summertime, you know, hot weather, dancing. They're sweaty. Mozambican on fire for Jesus. And I was watching this. I, I was having fun just, you know, watching them. And one of, one of the guys was hit by the presence of the Lord. I saw it when the Spirit of God came on him. Because he was dancing on the stage. It's, you know, lower than this. <laughs> he fell. <laughs> he was dancing like this and then boom. <laughs> There's no preparation. It was just boom. It was so quick. He was on the floor. The power of God was all over him. And he was shaking. And I could just see him raising his hands like this, and tears flowing. And I look at him, I posture my heart to him, to his encounter as he was engaging the presence of God. And I heard the voice of God saying to me, Paul, I want you to remain like that in my presence. It did not come from a preaching. It came from me recognizing something in this person. In the kingdom, we could receive at any level. It's a hard thing. We can receive from our sons, from our daughters, from a younger person or older, from a generation that is not our own generation. It's just a hard thing. So I engaged with God, and I could just feel the presence of God all over me. And that stuck to my mind until now. Whenever my heart grows cold, whenever I feel like I'm drifting away, I want to be reminded of that passion there. Yeah. That is precious in the presence of God. Yeah. When Hezekiah prayed, heaven responded. His prayers cannot be denied. Where are the Hezekiahs of our time? Where are the Hezekiahs of this church, of this region? God is calling not just intercessors, but kings and queens, princes, or those are who have been given authority to pray prayers that would unlock resources of heaven and transform their community, their churches, their, that will transform dark places into places of glory. If we're not 
receiving that kind of fire, posture your heart to God or the prayers of old. At the Kingdom Invasion Conference in Singapore, one of the speakers was Lou Engel. If you know Lou Engel, you know? Lou Engel. <laughs> he was still doing this, like, oh. Lou. And he's got a long beard now. Lou Engel. And he said, I just came from a 40-day fast. When will that guy stop? <laughs> but as I sat there, listen, I don't just listen to what he was saying. Yes, I listened to those words, but I captured a fire in his heart. I want that fire. The name of God is, he is consuming fire. His heart is burning with pure passion. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall rest upon his shoulder. And in the increase of his government and of his peace, there shall be no end. From the throne of David, he will establish righteousness and justice. And he will do it. And he will make it happen. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish it. We are passionate, but sometimes our passion dies out. Watch out. Align your heart to the passion of God. You will burn. You will burn again. Not with human fire. Not with human passion. But the fire of God. So as I close, I give out this invitation to all of us. To ask God for, to stir up a hunger in our heart. Don't just pray for your personal breakthrough. Pray for a breakthrough for regions, for nations. Pray for the breakthrough of your city. You might say, well, I still need a breakthrough myself. Maybe the breakthrough that you need happens when you start praying for a bigger breakthrough for others. The healing of, of Job did not come before he prayed for his friends. The healing of Job happened when he prayed for his friends. So he was still full of boils and pain, yet he released a blessing to his friends, and he was healed, and he got double, double inheritance. Amen. So maybe it's good to rise up to our feet, and can we... Let's find a, somebody to pray with for the fire of God to come to us, to be stirred up again, a fire that would lead us to prayers that are born of the Spirit, prayers in the hearts of God for our church, our region, our city, for nations. Can we find a partner to pray with, maybe, maybe as a family you could pray as well, or just find somebody to release that fire or a common agreement before we close here in prayer. Come on. I pray that the fire of God will be all over this place.
Come on, ask God. Ask God. We need your fire. We need your zeal. We need pure passion that comes from you. Oh God, give us the prayers of Hezekiah. Give us that place that when we pray, heaven opens up. Nations can be changed as we posture our hearts to you. Ho. Keep the, keep the presence of God at the center. Make Him the center of everything. Open up the doors of the temple. Make His presence the priority. Oh, rabba, baba, 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 baba. Shaka, rabba, baba, baba, baba. Oh, shaka, rabba, baba, baba, Oh. Oh. Just release fiery prayers now. Let it ascend to the throne of God, to the dwelling place of the Lord. Come on. Now, start praying beyond your family, beyond your personal blessing. Pray for your region. Pray for nations. God. Whoa. And Hezekiah wept, cried out to the Lord. And God heard his prayers. Whoa! Come on, all over the room. All over the room, release prayers. Release prayers. Like incense rising to the presence of God. Priests and Levites. In the presence of the Lord. Oh. 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 Oh, just lift up your voices, lift up your hands to heaven. Let's cry out. Let's cry out. 
Let's cry out for nations. Let's cry out. Come on. Just cry out to the Lord. Yay. Oh, Karababa Sunday. That he will be the center. His presence will be our main pursuit here in this church. Oh, come on, just, just release those prayers like Hezekiah. Yes, there could be resistance. But there is a God who will honor our prayers. There is a Father who hears us when we cry. Whoa! Whoa! All over this place, Lord, all over this place. Lord, cool. Maybe for some of you, you don't have, you're like Hezekiah, you, don't, you have nothing to start with. He's got no momentum, spiritually speaking, from his dad. He's got no spiritual inheritance to tap into. But his passion opened up something from heaven and something from what God had promised to David, he was able to access. So right now, where you are or whatever state you are, or your, your journey with the Lord. Now, let, let's cry out as individuals now. Cry out for your, 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 your destiny. Cry out for your call. Cry out, cry out for your future. Cry out for that calling in your life to, to influence nations, to influence cities. Can we do that? Can we be like Hezekiah? God, do it in my time. Do it, God. Do it, do it through me. Can we just lift our hands to heaven? And like a burning, burning desire, make mention to the Lord your desire. Come on, make mention, say it to him. Cry out the prayers of Hezekiah. Oh God, oh Father, your promises to David, your promises, oh God, to your son, your promises to Paul, to the, the apostles, your promises to the revivalists. Do it, God. Lord, awaken my heart. Move me out of my comfort zone. Move me out of my places of excuses. God, give me courage. Courage. <coughs> Come on, ask for supernatural courage. Come on, supernatural courage. Cry it out. God, I cry out for courage. Oh. 
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You've been listening to a presentation from Heartland Church in Ankeny, Iowa. For more information about our ministry and its available resources, visit us on the web at heartlandchurchonline.com. Thanks for listening.